0: Bismillah wa wa salatu ala rasulillah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Today inshallah ta'ala we're going to be talking about the names of Allah Al-Qahir, Al-Qahar These are two names of Allah coming from the root verb Qahara, Yaqharu, Qahran Which means to conquer, to vanquish, to defeat, subdue, subjugate, overpower, overwhelm, force, compel, coerce You get the picture Al-Qahir um, could be translated as the conqueror, the prevailing or the irresistible And Al-Qahar is on the fa'al pattern which implies a repetition uh, like constantly doing it over and over again, so it could be translated as the ever-conquering or the the, com- the uh, perpetual compeller. These are other ways of uh, describing these names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, uh, as says that Al Qahhar is the one who is constantly defeating the disbelievers with his proofs and his evidences. So how is Allah Taala Al Qahhar? How is he constantly defeating through his proofs and his evidences? Uh, always defeating those who are rejecting the truth. He also says that he is constantly taking the tyrants in death and punishing them in the afterlife. So subhanAllah, he gives us this life, this short life, and you're given all of your abilities, and some people are given great ability in terms of their, uh, you know... um, let's say, a dominion, uh, being kings or presidents, or whatever the case is, you know, having some sort of, or maybe a CEO or a you know, manager of a company, whatever the case may be, and some people, unfortunately, uh, abuse that power, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all constantly, throughout the world, taking these people in death and then bringing them to their um, inevitable either reward or their punishment, in this case punishment. Al-Khattabi, he says what? That he forces every living thing to die. So how is Allah Ta'ala Al-Qahar? He is Al-Qahar, he is the compeller because he is forcing everything to get older and to reach its end and to ultimately die. Nobody can resist that, nobody can uh, fight back against that. al Qurṭubi, he says what? That he is the one who enforces his will over all other wills. Uh, In other words, everybody has a plan when they wake up in the morning. Actually, there's a nice quote. Uh, a, w- a wise man once said, every day we have a plan, but every day something else happens. This is just to remind us that we're not in charge. SubhanAllah, I thought that's a very beautiful point, and a very beautiful point, uh, a very beautiful um, uh, perspective and, and way of looking at things, that subhanAllah, you have a certain plan in life, you have a, a plan of how your day's going to go, but you're clearly not in charge because things don't go the way you always want them to. Even if they go mostly the way you want them to, it's not like every... Aspect is in your control, somebody else is in, is in charge So this is demonstrating Allah is Al-Qahar, He's the Compeller, He's the Enforcer, He's the one who's making things happen Ibn Kathir, he says, the one who everybody must humble and submit themselves to, either willingly or unwillingly So SubhanAllah, at the end of the day, the believer is the one who willingly submits to Al-Qahar uh, And uh, the disbeliever is the one who is going to be forced to submit whether it, be, whether it be because he's being forced to submit to the laws of nature, the laws of gravity, <laughs> the laws of you know, uh, physics that are all around us, or the fact that he's going to age and eventually die and eventually be uh, resurrected, and he won't be able to resist the angels who will take him to his uh, final destination. Al-Qahir occurs twice in the Qur'an, and both times are in Surah Al-An'am. And uh, the first time, it's interesting, it's uh, very close to the names of Allah, Al-Hakim Al-Khabir, the, the ayah is uh, in Surah anam ay number uh, 18, where Allah says وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ al-Hakim al-Khabir, that he is the subjugator over all of his servants and he is the wise and acquainted so the fact that this name of Allah Al-Qahir is very very close to Al-Hakim and Al-Khabir is, is quite powerful why? because usually when somebody has absolute power when somebody is Al-Qahir, the Compeller, the one who has all power they exercise it without care or consideration because nobody else can challenge their power. Yet, despite the ability to conquer indiscriminately, it seems that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala exercises His power with perfect wisdom and with perfect knowledge. Hence, why I'm mentioning Al Hakim and Al uh, uh, uh you know, perfect knowledge of His uh, perfect wisdom and knowledge of the effect that He's having on others. So, in other words, Allah ta'ala, although He is um, all powerful, He is still very knowledgeable, wise, and considerate of those who He is having an effect on. So that's something that's uh, really powerful to consider and think about. And the other time that this name of Allah occurs is uh, when Allah says, <laughs> Uh, and he is the subjugator over his servants And he sends over you guardian angels Until when death comes to one of you Our messengers take him And they do not fail in their duties So uh, this is an ayah explaining what That like I said You are subjected to what To the fact that you can't control life and death So the, these are the two times That the name of Allah Al-Qahir are mentioned Both in Surah An'am And then we have Al-Qahar Mentions six times in the Qur'an and every single time it's mentioned it's next to Al-Wahid. Al-Wahid means the one and only. So every one of these six times you find that it's, they come as a pair, Al-Wahid al-Qahar. The one and the irresistible, it's often translated that way. The one and the irresistible. Now why would these two names of Allah come together? Two perspectives on this. One because, and I've mentioned this before when we talked about the name of Allah, Al-Wahid, but I'll mention this again inshallah. If there are two that are considered the strongest, there would always remain the question, what if they competed against each other? Who's really the best? That's because we as human beings, we don't accept the idea uh, of two or more that are the most dominant. If there's somebody who's the most dominant, that means they are one. It has to be, there has to be number one, right? You can't say, oh, you know, there was a competition and everybody was you know, competing to see who's the fastest or who's the strongest, and, and we ended with the conclusion that these two are at the top. No, we just don't accept that. We're like, no, no, make them compete against each other again. See who's going to win, see who's going to win, right? Because why? We only accept that there has to be one who is the most dominant. Hence, al-wahid, the one, al-qahar, the most dominant. Um, And furthermore, another perspective on why these two show up together is because in this world, a powerful force is usually comprised of parts. A powerful country has politicians and army generals and soldiers and different, uh, you know, tanks and I don't know, jets, etc., etc., and the downfall of that superpower often comes from a conflict from within. Yet, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a perfect unity, so there cannot be any conflict from within. So when we think of something powerful, in this dunya we always think of something powerful because it's an aggregate of many different components, and usually it's one of those components that fails. Even a dominant fighter who is only one person, will eventually get injured on one of his body parts. Let's say, I don't know, his hands don't work the same, his legs don't, his knees, his back, his, I don't know, shoulder, something gets busted. So uh, uh, as a fighter, he's not as sharp as he used to be. And that one weakness can bring bring down his entire body, his whole performance, and therefore it will end his career. Hence the expression, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And Allah isn't an aggregate, an aggregate. Allah Ta'ala does not depend upon parts, nor is He made up of multiple parts. Rather, Allah Ta'ala is a non aggregate or a ghair murakkab, something that is not made of parts, because Allah Ta'ala is a perfect unity. And therefore, no part can fail because there are no parts. And uh, He is one, and that one is always dominating, always the most dominant. Hence, Al Wahid Al Qahar, the one and the most dominant. Now, in terms of other, uh, where do these names of Allah uh, show up? You find them when Yusuf A.S. is preaching Tawheed against the idol worship. Uh, he says, "Oh, my two companions of the prison." When he was obviously Yusuf A.S. went to prison, he asked them, "Are separate lords better, uh, or Allah, the One and the Prevailing, the One who is constantly in in charge? What's better, multiple deities or one all powerful deity?" And so, this is Dawa. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ was commanded to preach against uh, the worshipping of other gods when he was commanded خَالِقُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ الْوَاحِدُ الْقَهَارِ Say, Allah is the creator of all things and he is the one and the prevailing. And so you find that in terms of da'wah, this shows up lots of times that you should call, use this name of Allah, al-qahar, the most powerful, in your da'wah. You find Yusuf alayhi doing that, you find the Prophet ﷺ doing that, you find the Prophet ﷺ describing his job uh, when uh, Allah commands him. قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا مُنْذِرٌ وَمَا مِنْ إِلَّا اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدُ Say, O Muhammad ﷺ, that that Allah is commanding the Prophet say, I am only a warner, and there is not any deity except Allah, the One, and the prevailing. And it's also da'wah not only to the polytheists in general, but also to Ahlul Kitab and the idea of God having a son. Uh, Allah says what? <speaking in Hebrew> if Allah had intended to take a son, he could have chosen from what he creates, whatever he wills. He uh, exalted is he. He is Allah, the one and the prevailing. So you see this consistent theme of al-wa Al- 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 al-qahhar showing up. Uh, in, in terms of da'wah It also shows up often in the context of um, resurrection Again, the idea that Allah is all-powerful And he's going to enforce your uh, death and inevitable resurrection You can't do anything about it So there's ayat like for example al It will be on the day that the earth will be replaced by another earth And the heavens as well And all creatures will come out before Allah, the one and the all-prevailing and again, in the context of uh, resurrection, we find that Allah Taala says, "What the day uh, they come forth, nothing concerning them will be concealed from Allah. To whom belongs all sovereignty this day? To Allah, the one and the prevailing. This is a scene on Judgment Day which is described by Ibn Abbas when he says, What? الساعة, that when the hour is established, a caller will, will call out, Ya nas, O mankind, Atatkumu sa'a, the hour has come. والأموات, and all of the living and all of the dead will be able to hear this voice. Allahu ila dunya fayunadi, And then he says And Allah will come to our sky or our heaven And will say To whom belongs the sovereignty this day uh, To Allah, the one and the prevailing This is a report by Al-Hakim In Al-Mustadrak Al-Sahihain It's considered to have an authentic chain as well So yes, you see that this in da'wah and in the remembrance of death, these seem to be the most uh, prevalent contexts in which you find these names of Allah, Al Wahid, oh, excuse me, Al Qahar, to be uh, most relevant. We know that the Prophet used to call upon Allah, recognizing that He is, has all power, when He would be in pain at night, writhing back and forth out of hunger, He would say, What? He would make this dua There is no deity but Allah, the One, the Irresistible, Lord of the heavens and the earth. And all that is between them, the Almighty and the All-Forgiving. And so yes, uh, we see that this is the, these are the contexts in which they are brought up. And we know that Allah Ta'ala is all-powerful in many of these stories of the Anbiya. We know that they wanted to burn Ibrahim Alayhi salam, but they couldn't because Allah Ta'ala is in full control. They wanted to get rid of Yusuf Alayhi salam and, uh, you and know, make sure that his father never saw him again. And subhanAllah, they weren't able to do so. Allah was in control. Fir'aun wanted to kill all the possible baby children that might overthrow him. But Allah is in control and we know that Musa lived and was raised in his home and eventually was the one to take him down by the permission of Allah. They wanted to kill Isa and SubhanAllah Allah Ta'ala is the one in control and saved Isa and literally the name Jesus means God saves, SubhanAllah it means God saves. How amazing that people think that he wasn't saved, his name is God saves, yes God saves indeed and saved Isa And they wanted to destroy the Kaaba. And of course we know that Allah subhanahu wa taala sent uh, the flocks of birds to, uh, to uh, save it because Allah is the one who is in control. So how do we apply this name to our own lives? We should recognize that Allah ta'ala is Al-Qahar and therefore we should not be enforcing to others. Even for a good cause, like for instance, there are some unfortunate people who they think that it's good to hit children in order to teach them Qur'an. To be a good student of Qur'an, you smack the kid and teach him how to memorize Qur'an. This is not right. We know that, that uh, uh, the Prophet uh, uh, he was described as somebody who never struck children. It comes from the hadith. I believe this is from Anas ibn Malik. He says, "What? Fabi abi huwa ummi ma rai'tu ta'liman minhu. ma wala wala And I declare that neither before him nor after him I have ever seen a leader who gave better instruction than he did. Uh, uh, and I swear. I, I swear by Allah, I swear by uh, may, may my, uh, my father and my mother be given as ransom for him. So it's just an expression in Arabic, which means, like, I, I, I swear that this is the case. And, uh, you know, may Allah you know, bless him and may my parents be sacrificed for him. I never saw a teacher better than him. I swear that he did not scold me, he did not beat me, he never reviled me. So it's very, very beautiful that the Prophet I'm taught in the most loving way. And so this idea of being, let's say, uh, overly forceful, we should recognize that Allah is Al-Qahar and we are not in a position uh, to uh, enforce or to beat or to, even for a quote-unquote good cause, this is not the way to do it. Uh, we should also recognize that, look, if Allah Ta'ala is Al-Qahar, that means Allah has power over everything and therefore we should be lawful individuals, lawful, law-abiding citizens. Laws, When laws are enforced uh, on a society to keep those standards of peace and justice, you'll always find that The laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala produce the best results. And so that's what we want to do. We want to apply Allah's laws because Allah ta'ala is the one who is in all control and He has the best of laws. And so we should have a sense that Allah ta'ala is in full control and have a sense of humility before our Creator. It should also create a sense of reassurance because Allah ta'ala is never indifferent towards injustice. And never think that Allah is unaware of what the wrongdoers are doing. So yes, wrongdoers may do all kinds of wickedness and evil, but Allah Ta'ala is still Al-Qahar, he is in full control. It should give us a sense of humility and a desire to avoid coercing others, especially those who cannot defend themselves. We know that Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Duha, فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرُ And this is from the same root letters of qaf Ha and Ra. As for the orphan do not oppress them Do not be forceful and rough with them Why is Allah Ta'ala specifically highlighting Avoiding this type of behavior uh, With regards to the orphan It's because the orphan has nobody to defend them they don't, they, don't, they don't come from a big family That can stand up for them They have nobody to stand up for them So Allah Ta'ala is standing up for the orphan And saying hey don't be forceful only Allah Ta'ala is Al-Qahar and only Allah Ta'ala can do as He wills. Everybody else must have that humility. We want to avoid being like Fir'aun who said what? Qala, Sanuqattilu abnāāhum wa nastahyi nisa'ahum wa inna Same word. Yeah, Fir'aun said, We will kill their sons and keep their women alive and indeed we are the subjugators over them. The word subjugator, qāhir, right? So subhanAllah, he's using this name of Allah for himself. We do not want to be that way. Uh, and we in fact want to make the du'a that the Prophet used to make That the Prophet used to make this du'a Oh Allah, I take refuge in you lest I stray or be led astray Or that I slip or cause someone to slip Or that I cause injustice or I suffer injustice Or I do wrong or wrong is done to me So we want to avoid both We don't want to be the ones being oppressed and we don't want to be the oppressors towards others. Uh, We should uh, make dua that Allah Ta'ala protects us from being oppressed as well. Beautiful dua that the Prophet used to make اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الهم Wal والعجل والكسل والجبن والبخل والضلع Wa والغلبة الرجال The Prophet made a beautiful dua Oh Allah, I take refuge in you from worry and grief, from incapacity and laziness, from cowardice and stinginess and from being heavily in debt or being overpowered by other men that, oh Allah, I don't want to be overpowered, so this is a dua you can make. Because Allah is al-qahar, you make dua that Allah never Allah puts you in a position where you're being overpowered by people. The Prophet also said what? Three people, their prayer is always accepted. The father, as a father you should make dua for your kids. The traveler, because you're out of your comfort zone and so you're in a state of desperation, make dua when you're traveling. And number three, the oppressed. So, never oppress others. Why? Because they can make dua against you and it could be the worst thing for you. As the Prophet says, What? The supplication of the oppressed person is always answered, even if the person is wicked, because his wickedness is against himself. So, uh, be very cautious and wary of oppressing, even if the person is bad themselves. Let's say, I don't know if you're the uh, warden at a prison, let's say, and you think, Oh, I can mistreat them because they're prisoners. No. Even if they're bad people themselves, that doesn't mean you should be like them, stoop to their level, and also oppress. No, you have to be just and kind and decent, in, uh, even, in your, uh, even to those who have, you know, let's say, wickedness in and of themselves. So we cannot be uh, qahir, we should never be oppressing towards anybody else. There are many different examples of uh, different Sahaba. There was the case of uh, Sa'ad uh, ibn Abi Waqqas when he was a governor uh, over Kufa. And the, his people complained and said, oh, he's, a, he's not a good leader, and they gave a bunch of reasons, and they sent letters to Omar Ibn khattab This is a whole story mentioned in Sahih Bukhari. I'm not going to mention all the details. But basically, he, they were, you know, there, was a, there was a moment where, in public, they were asking, what did he do wrong, or did he do anything wrong? And one person stood up and said, yes, he did. He's not a good person. And, they, and he, he gave false testimony against him. So Saad ibn al he makes the dua and he says Allahumma in kana 'abduka qama wa fa wa atil that uh, oh Allah if this slave of yours is a liar and got up only to show off give him a long life increase his poverty and put him to trial and subhanallah this person did live a long life and a very painful life and he even used to say i am the result of Saad's curse subhanallah that uh, so, stay away from giving false testimony and lying. The Prophet says, "What man أخذ من حقه fi في سبع أرضين يوم القيامة." That he who took a span of land unjustly will be made to wear around his his neck seven earths on the day of resurrection. So Subhanallah, the weight you can imagine in a way that obviously Allah only understands but uh, can only uh, comprehend. But the, the weight of the earth being crushing around your neck. Subhanallah. We can only imagine how terrible that would be. Why? Because you decide to steal somebody's land unjustly. So whoever does unjustice, how does Allah Ta'ala describe this person? Allah does not guide them. Allah sends them astray. Uh, Allah does not love them. la These are all ayat of the Qur'an. And uh, Allah won't give them success. Innahu la yuflihu That indeed the wrongdoers will not have success. Allah will curse them. Ala Unquestionably the curse of Allah is upon the wrongdoer. So subhanAllah, so many different ayat about those who do injustice. So be very cautious and very careful to oppress others and recognize that only Allah is al-qahar. You should not be in a position... To be forceful and harsh and do oppression towards others or to be uh, yeah, forceful. Uh, Allah Ta'ala can be forceful, of course, because Allah is all wise and all powerful, and Allah can do as He wills. Um, and He's all merciful as well. So He does so in the best of ways. We are not that way. And the final hadith that I want to mention, inshallah Ta'ala, is the hadith in which the Prophet sallallahu sallam, says, What? <laughs> Whoever takes the wrongdoer's side in a dispute, uh, he will remain subject, subjected to the wrath of Allah until he gives it up. So be very, very cautious and careful of taking the wrong side of an argument when you know that it's wrong. Just because, oh, he's my friend, I'm going to argue with him even though he's wrong. You know, being wrong and strong, as they say. Or, uh, oh, I'm just going to hold on, you know, stick to his side because he's my family member or because I like him or whatever the case is. No. Uh, truth is the truth even if it's bitter. And uh, wrong is, is wrong, even if it's sweet. So we have to stick to the truth and recognize that Allah Ta'ala is the enforcer and have fear of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and never oppress others through lies or through coercion or through anything else. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings. khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi